Hi, uh, Professor Pani, how are you? I hope I'm saying your name right. Um, so the way to unmute is all the way on the bottom right. Um, there's a little microphone symbol. And if you press that, you're unmuted and then you can, we can, we can talk. Huh. Yeah. Perfect. Can you talk to me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I hear you. Thank okay. you so much for coming. We really appreciate it so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have uh, 10 more minutes, so you can just relax and um, while we wait. Um, so, sure. But, yeah. And hi, Katie. Meet Katie. Um, she is joining us from Australia, actually. So. Oh, wow. Uh, hi, Katie. She's a, she's a scientist, too. Okay. Hi, it's Katie. Such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, as always, Katerina, for bringing so many amazing scientists to the platform. And everyone listening in, yeah, please be patient while we... Um, have a few moments to bring people into the room. Please feel free to share the room um, on Clubhouse by pressing the share on the platform or um, on other platforms as well, because we want to have as many people as possible come and engage in this conversation. Really, really looking forward to um, hearing about your work, Professor, um, and already downloaded the link that's at the top of the room and excited for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Gavi joined us too. Hi, Gavi. Thank you so much for helping to organize this. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, without Gavi, I cannot able to join this. She helped me a lot, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you to both of you. That's wonderful. I'm so glad she came too. So, yeah, thank you. So it's the first time you're on Clubhouse, right, um, Professor? Yeah, I'm first time. But when I was registered, I saw my son is already there. So. Oh, your son. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> he, can, he can chat here too now. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a neurologist, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is he so I... I, at the I, I yeah, go ahead. Oh, please go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a neurologist. He he's working also. I mean, he's a MRI and brain. So, so I saw his name there too. So I told him. <laughs> oh, nice. So. Maybe he's coming too. Oh, if he's here, I'll bring him up too. Where we are is the stage, and then. Uh, the other, uh, if you see, followed by the speakers and others in the room, they're in the audience. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. So people can share in the chat, uh, but in order to speak, we have to bring people up here. So yeah, if you let me know, I'll bring him up. <laughs> Is he at the same university? Um, or uh, the... no, no, he, he may be busy. He may be busy. He may be, he's in clinic. You know. Oh, okay. he's, uh, in, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah my brother he's um he just uh became a full uh neurosurgeon but he's in germany so oh he's in germany okay yeah. so i'm glad you loaded the articles i think that's what i'm going to talk today so uh, yeah so at least people can follow that uh, you know uh, paper you know yeah what we like about the recordings here on clubhouse is that it stays interactive in a way so uh, when people click on this um, they will still have the links available and can follow along in the chat what people ask and what you're responding to um, I like that about the recordings here on Clubhouse. So, um, sure, sure. That makes it. The only thing they cannot do is ask you a question personally. When, <laughs> other than that, yeah. Uh, because we really have um, people around the world that um, are members. Yeah. So there's never a way to find a time that works for everyone. Um, so yeah, the recordings are really helpful for people. So. Okay, we'll start in around four minutes. Thank you everyone for your patience. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it will be a really interesting talk of a very important subject, I think, around the world. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to this talk. Thank you so much for coming. So I can start now? Um, there is four minutes still yeah 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 a few minutes are left and then and then we'll start <laughs> thank you
Hi, Cami. Thank you for coming. How are you today? I love you, Cami. Thank Kami. you so much for inviting me. What an interesting topic. Yes, uh, we meet uh, Professor Pandey. Uh, Professor Pandey meets Kami. She's an amazing science journalist. Um, she writes many amazing articles in major um, scientific um, journals. So, yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Thanks for coming. I think we can slowly start um, by um, introducing audience, um, Professor Pandey. Uh, welcome everyone to the Science Society and of course a special welcome to our guest speaker, uh, Professor Dr. Pandey. And let me give you a little bit of um, information about him. So. Um, He's um, Joseph Flattery, MD, endowed professor of psychiatry, the director of the Center for Alcohol Research and Epigenetics, professor in biochemistry and psychiatry and cell biology. He's the director of neuroscience alcohol alcoholism research, a senior um, VA career research scientist, and um, all at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And he's a nationally and internationally very well-known neuroscientist in alcohol addiction field. And he has contributed um, uh, significantly uh, towards a better understanding of the neurobiology of alcoholism. And um, he, um, he won many, many awards. <laughs> Um, and his interest is to identify the molecular and epigenetic mechanisms of adolescence alcohol exposure induced psychopathology in adulthood. And um, yeah, NIH has featured uh, a lot of his work. Um, and um, yeah, welcomes. So, um, and um, we welcome you and we appreciate you being here. And before we start, we usually ask a couple of interview questions, if that's okay with you. Um, that's, fine. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So what we usually ask is, um, uh, what, um, how come you uh, ended up in the field of science or become a researcher? Was that always an interest of yours? Was there maybe a teacher? or some, something specific that happened. Uh, so you made your life <laughs> in science. Thank you. Uh, first, let me thank you so much for inviting me to really uh, present some of the, our current work and really 
I am very pleased to be here and thank you so much. Uh, my interest uh, in the science uh, started uh, because I wanted to learn uh, if there is a disease, what is the mechanism and how the disease progresses. Uh, and and particular area of the brain disorder, uh, uh, it just happened to that I started working in the, in the brain uh, when I joined my PhD and then extended that to uh, really better understand the psychiatric disorder and in this case the addiction. Uh, so this was my interest to begin with when I, when I was doing my master in biochemistry. I wanted to know uh, more about the neurobiology of the brain disease. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you did because you made so many major contributions that um, will benefit uh, so many people around the world. So. Um, Thank you so much. And um, if you would like to um, give an introduction now about your recent or also about your work in general, feel free. And uh, yeah, the stage is yours. Thank you. Uh, thanks again. Uh, yeah, so my uh, interest is, research interest is that uh, uh, to understand the uh, neurobiology of alcoholism disorder. Uh, and I think last uh, 10 years, I got interested uh, because uh, the very high prevalence of the adolescence binge drinking. Uh, and we know that uh, during adolescence, the brain is developing. Uh, and then the genetic and epi epigenetic uh, genome and epigenome, they are very important. They shape uh, the function of our body and the brain. Uh, so I thought that uh, maybe if we can have a model where we can uh, expose the developing brain to the alcohol and then see what happened to, to genetic and epigenetic changes and if that has any impact on the adult psychopathology uh, such as uh, depression, anxiety or uh, uh, predisposition to the substance use and alcohol use disorder. And that's the reason uh, I started that uh, this problem of adolescence binge drinking is, is really huge. And it has a, a big impact on the individual life uh, later, uh, later on. And, and you will see that it has also a long lasting impact on the brain structural changes, also long lasting impact on the genetic and epigenetic changes. Uh, and some of the behavior which we see developed during adolescence, they persist till adulthood. Uh, so we felt that this is a very, very important area to investigate. Thank you. So can I start my talk? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm going to cover today, uh, I think uh, Katrina, she already has provided uh, the link of this one recent publication from the lab is uh, uh, targeted epigenomic editing, ameliorate the adult anxiety and excessive drinking after adolescence alcohol exposure. Uh, so let me tell a little bit about uh, uh, why 
why adolescents been drinking and 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 the brain and uh, and epigenetics uh, i think uh, uh, i i hope that uh, you all know what the epigenome and epigenetics age but just to give a brief idea that uh, uh, the epigenetics uh, in late term is the things above the genome uh, and so we know we have DNA, DNA sequence, and then DNA wrap around to uh, important proteins, and and those proteins are known as histone, and and these histone they get chemi chemically modified, uh, even DNA also chemically get modified. So if you see the change in the DNA function or the gene function without changing the genetic code. Uh, and because of the chemical modification of either itself DNA or the histone. Uh, and, and that is the area this study is known as epigenetics uh, uh, mechanism. Uh, so we thought the epigenetics because it's very important developmentally. Uh, it really uh, saved the, uh, the function of the developing cells, uh, not only in the brain, but other organs too. Uh, and we know that adolescence is very critical phase of the brain development. Uh, this is the time when brain undergo uh, goes neuromaturation, uh, changes in the neurotransmission, uh, gene expression, uh, synaptic uh, remodeling, where the neurons, they communicate each other, they make the connections. Uh, and this is the time when this process is really get mature. Uh, so, uh, and it's happened in several brain regions. You know, the brain is a very complex structure. It has, a, uh, nature has given uh, several brain regions and each brain regions carry the different function. Uh, so this process of the neuromaturation occur in all brain regions. Some brain regions are very susceptible to the insult, uh, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, the, the trauma, uh, in such case like uh, alcohol exposure, uh, and some brain regions are, are not. Uh, why adolescence? Because uh, we know uh, clinically, uh, if someone is exposed to the alcohol at the age of 14 uh, or earlier, uh, younger, younger age, they are more than, I think, five to seven times uh, they are more vulnerable to diagnose with the substance abuse disorder, psychiatric disorder later in life compared to those individuals who start drinking at the age of 21. So this period of adolescence age is a very critical period for the brain maturation. And we thought that maybe the adolescents been drinking through the epigenetic, epigenetic changes. Uh, causes the changes in the uh, neurobiology, uh, the neurochemistry of the brain, and thereby it changes the structure of the brain, uh, synaptic connections and how the neurons and various cells, they communicate. And these changes may be in some brain region is permanent. And therefore those individuals, they are more prone, uh, are susceptible to develop the psychiatric disorders such as anxiety, or they, develop the alcohol use disorder later in the life. And that is the region we started. Now the questions uh, against uh, before us was that 
uh, how we remodel, how we model the human adolescence binge drinking. And so there's a lot of clinical, preclinical study going on in the field and so many contribution of the various uh, researchers in the field. And it turned out to be that postnatal day uh, in the animal model, in this case, rat model, uh, from uh, the 28 to uh, 41 is very critical window, very much similar to somewhere uh, junior high school to the early college. Uh, and, and, and this is the time the brain is, is really developing and a neuromaturation process is going on. So what we thought that maybe we can give the binge-like exposure uh, during this postnatal day 28 to uh, 41 and then see what it has impact on the uh, epigenome, epigenetic changes later in the life in adulthood and also whether these uh, in these animal model we see any behavioral phenotype of uh, such as anxiety and, and alcohol drinking behavior. We focus on alcohol drinking behavior and anxiety because we know that uh, alcohol is anti-anxiety uh, 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 compound. Uh, people, they drink alcohol to self-medicate. Uh, when they drink, they feel relaxed and, and because of the uh, anti-anxiety property of the alcohol. So there is a very strong correlation between anxiety disorder and alcohol use disorder. And that is the reason we focus on these two behavioral phenotypes. So we use the animal model and we expose them with the binge-like drinking during critical phase of the adolescence and, and then all behavioral phenotype and epigenetic changes were the major at adulthood. So as I said that, uh, the normal epigenetic programming is required uh, from fetus to adolescence uh, to adult uh, for the proper brain development and proper functioning of the brain. Uh, but if something happened uh, during adolescence or uh, prenatal period, uh, such as prenatal alcohol, alcohol exposure or adolescence binge drinking or adolescence alcohol exposure, it changes the chromatin architecture of the uh, uh, of the uh, the epigenome. And when I say chromatin, chromatin means that genetic material, uh, gene, uh, DNA, uh, surrounded by the important protein uh, and important regulator regulatory protein. Uh, such as the gene transcription factors, uh, uh, the gene, uh, the protein involved in regulating the gene expression. Uh, so this chromatin uh, get condensed. Uh, when condensed means that the active portion of the DNA is not available uh, to uh, uh, for the transcription. So the gene expression or gene transcription is a kind of arrested when the chromatin get condensed because the active portion of the DNA is not available. When chromatin is relaxed, uh, open, uh, that means that uh, the, the important regulatory portion of the DNA of the gene is available for other protein to act and, and, and cause the transcription of the gene. Uh, so, so the gene is expressed more so these chemical modifications, they lead to the either condensed chromatin means they are decreasing the gene expression or the open or relaxed chromatin that means they are uh, allowing uh, the, there is a more gene expression. And 
So when there is a more histone stylation, uh, then chromatin is open. When there is a less histone stylation, then chromatin is condensed. Similarly, uh, the repressive mark of the epigenome, uh, depending upon what are the residue on the histone is getting methylated. Some of the uh, methylation in this case, uh, which we have discussed in the paper is SDK27 methylation. If there is more, it also suppresses the condensed the chromatin and the gene expression goes down. So we found that series of the work that adolescents binge drinking in the amygdala brain region, which is a center for anxiety, uh, uh, center for the motivational aspect of the drinking. Uh, it is also center of the fear. Uh, in this brain region, we found that chromatin goes to condensed chromatin architecture because of the decreased histone stylation, because of the increased uh, histone methylation, and also because of the increased DNA methylation. And these changes, they persist. So this condensed chromatin architecture in amygdala brain region, which is induced by the adolescent alcohol exposure, it persists till adulthood. And then we see the behavioral phenotype of anxiety and alcohol drinking behavior. These animal, they drink heavily at adulthood and also they show uh, uh, the high level of anxiety like behavior. Now, we also observed that uh, the adolescent alcohol exposure in, in rat model, in animal model, uh, causes a lot of the synaptic changes in the amygdala brain region. And these synaptic changes are, uh, you know, on the neurons, there is a, uh, the spines, and, and these spines, they uh, communicate each other through the synapse formation. And we found that adolescents binge drinking decreases the spines uh, and also decreases the number of synapses uh, in, the, in the amygdala brain region in adulthood. We also measured the several synaptic genes and one of the synaptic genes is the activity regulated cytoskeleton associated protein known as ARC, ARC. And this synaptic gene ARC is very important. Uh, uh, more ARC is good for the memory uh, and, and particularly when there is a memory form formation is occurring uh, in hippocampus, uh, the ARC gene expression is more and ARC play a very important role in the regulation of the uh, memory development, memory formation and also storage. Uh, similarly, the, when ARC is less, uh, the spines, they goes, the number is less, synapse is less and we see that uh, there is high anxiety like behavior. And also we have shown in different model that uh, the animal, they consume a lot of alcohol. And because alcohol, when they drink, the arc expression uh, normalizes, it goes to the norm, normal. So synaptic uh, genes, several synaptic genes, uh, some example is the arc ARC, which I talked, uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factors, uh, HOMER1, uh, neuro D1, D2, uh, and and also the synaptophysin, synaptotagnin. These are the, the genes I am taking a name. They are the very important the synaptic genes. And uh, it appears that all these genes, they get downregulated uh, in adulthood after the adolescence alcohol exposure. But when we wanted to see 
that out of so many genes, uh, synaptic genes which are altered in the amygdala, what are the important genes which may be where we can do the more detailed study? And it turned out to be that, and this is we call the gene network pathway. So we developed the uh, uh, synaptic gene network pathway in the amygdala brain circuitry. And what we observed that the ARC gene, ARC, is one of the hub genes. This gene is really interacting with several other synaptic genes uh, like BDNF, uh, like HOMER1, uh, Nero D1 and D2. A uh, lot of these genes, they are being, uh, the ARC gene is interacting with them. So we thought that maybe the ARC is a very important uh, gene because it's turned out to be hub gene. And, and then maybe we can do a detailed study that how this gene is being regulated uh, epigenetically. But before, uh, uh, so we investigated that and we, we found that, uh, as we know that our, any gene has promoter, uh, transcription start site, and then upstream to the promoter, uh, we call the enhancer region. These enhancer regions are very important. Uh, uh, they are upstream to the promoter. Uh, they interact with the promoter uh, and, and they regulate the gene expression. Uh, so we, we found that uh, the chromatin architecture uh, is condensed at the promoter of the ARC gene as well as the enhancer region, uh, which is 7 kb above the promoter. Uh, and there is also condensed chromatin. And that is due to the decreased histone acetylation, which is SDK27 acetylation and increased SDK27 trimethylation. So these are the epigenetic marks suggesting that the chromatins are condensed uh, at the enhancer region of the gene as well as at the promoter region of the gene. And, 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 and there is a very good uh, interaction, uh, uh, epigenetic uh, interaction uh, between the enhancer region and the promoter region. And, and it, the condensed chromatin leads to the decreased enhancer RNA. These enhancer RNA are very, uh, the, uh, the, uh, they are the small uh, nucleotide, uh, the 24 to 25 nucleotide. Uh, they are non-coding uh, RNAs. They never translate into the protein, uh, but they carry very important role. They interact with the transcription machinery at the promoter. So this ARC enhancer uh, RNA, which is originating from the enhancer region, is goes and bind to the promoter. And then there is a protein called negative elongation factor, NELF protein. If the, this protein, NELF, bind to the promoter, it suppresses the gene expression. But if you remove this NELF protein, negative elongation factor protein from the promoter, then there is a gene expression, there is a more gene expression. So this enhancer RNA, which is coming out from the enhancer region of the ARC gene, it come and interact with the promoter and remove the NELF and therefore the gene expression occur. But during adolescent cell coil exposure, this enhancer uh, RNA expression gets suppressed because of the condensed chromatin at the enhancer region. And since enhancer region is suppressed, uh, the promoter NELF is not being removed and it leads to the uh, decreased ARC expression. And this situation, and this is happening with the adolescent alcohol exposure in adulthood, and this condition 
we say high anxiety and also high alcohol drinking behavior in uh, adulthood. So before we start the, a mechanistic or causal experiment, which the data is presented in this paper, we thought that maybe we can translate this in the human. Uh, so we had a, a cohort of the human postmortem amygdala and and this we, ob we obtained from University of Sydney, Australia. And these are the very well characterized brain bank. Uh, and, and we had a cohort where we have individual, uh, they started the, they had the age of onset for alcohol use disorder early before age of 21. And then we have a, a few uh, cases where we have the age of onset after 21 year of the age. And what we observed that the people who started the drinking early before age of 21, they have the suppressed arc expression due to the condensed chromatin in their enhancer region. And, and also what we observed that the enhancer region, which I talk about the arc gene, which is the above the promoter region, it's conserved. Uh, along this siege. So same enhancer region is also found in the human. And so we thought it's very good model where we can very nicely translate the animal uh, finding to the human postmortem brain. And we, we, we found exactly the same finding that early adolescence alcohol exposure in human amygdala also leads to the condensed chromatin uh, due to the decreased histone acetylation and increased histone methylation at the enhancer region of the ARC gene. And therefore, there is decreased ARC expression. And the people who started drinking uh, uh, after the age of 21, we do not see that such, such, such changes. That suggesting that maybe uh, uh, the, G, the adolescent alcohol exposure uh, leads to a, a permanent uh, epigenetic reprogramming on certain gene and, and that leads to the, uh, their expression changes in adulthood and maybe relating to the phenotype of anxiety and drinking. So when we translated this uh, into human postmortem brain and then we thought that maybe we can go back to the animal model and try to correct the the locus in the gene where they have a condensed chromatin architecture. And, and that condensed chromatin archi architecture is at the enhancer region of the ARC gene. Uh, so we identify a, a genomic locus of the abnormal epigenetic reprogramming. So we come up with this, uh, the tool, uh, and which is described in the paper is the CRISPR. And so the beauty of the CRISPR is that we can fuse the, uh, the exogenous, uh, the protein. Uh, and, and this DCAS9 um, is really the uh, mutated one. So, uh, so what it does that it does not have the catalytic, catalytic activity, but the, the functional protein, which get in the fuse with the DCAS9, in this case is the pre-300. Uh, and and that has the uh, catalytic activity and that can increase the histone acetylation where we can 
uh, identify the uh, the genomic locus in, in the genome. And in this case, that what we did that we first developed the uh, use the uh, CRISPR DCAS9 P300. P300 is an enzyme uh, which really increases the histone stylation. And then we developed the guided RNA and to guide the uh, which locus of the gene we which we we would like to correct it uh, with the CRISPR. And then for that purpose, we use the lentivirus and these DKS9 P300 and the guided RNA, they are packed in the lentivirus and we first tested in the uh, culture cells in PC12 cells and we found that uh, that DKS9 P300 is increases the histone stylation in the culture cells, uh, also increases the uh, the arc expression and and we also uh, verify that uh, this is a very specific targeted effect because we chosen a lot of non-specific uh, off-target gene uh, uh, predicted off-target and we found they are not changed by the TKS9 P300. So when we confirmed in PC12 cells then we went back and we infused the lentivirus directly into the central nucleus of amygdala this is the very specific region within the amygdala uh, which very important serve as a uh, output uh, for the amygdala brain region and is uh, also uh, regulate the anxiety and drinking behavior. Uh, so we infuse the lentivirus of the DKS9 uh, containing DKS9 P300 and the guided RNA into the central nucleus of amygdala. And after two weeks uh, uh, we tested these animal uh, for their anxiety and alcohol drinking behavior. And we got very excited when we saw the result that the infusion of the DKS9 P300, which is the activatory uh, CRISPR, which activate the histone stylation, uh, was able to uh, innovate the adolescence alcohol uh, exposure induced anxiety-like behavior and also suppresses the alcohol drinking behavior. But it does not have effect on the sucrose drinking behavior. We wanted to have a, a, a control uh, for the alcohol drinking behavior to also give these animal uh, preference to drink the sucrose. And what we observed that uh, they have decreased alcohol drinking behavior after infusion of the DKS9 pre 300 uh, uh, with guided RNA for ARC uh, enhancer region. Enhancer region we call here the synaptic activity response element uh, because this is a very sens sensitive to the synaptic uh, activity and and in, in acronym for this is the SARE, S-A-R-E. So the guided RNA was designed to the, the this enhancer region uh, known as SARE side and, and by increasing the histone stylation and then we measured the histone stylation in this region and we found that uh, the DKS9 P300 also corrected the deficit in histone stylation at the enhancer region of ARC gene uh, and also the ARC expression uh, also get normalized uh, and it does not have any effect on the off target uh, uh, the off gene target uh, for the for the ARC uh, guided RNA. Uh, so this experiment suggested that uh, uh, causally that uh, the 
epigenetic abnormality at the enhancer region of the arc uh, really important uh, in regulating the uh, epigenetic changes as well as gene expression changes, arc expression changes, uh, as well as the behavioral phenotype of anxiety in drinking in adulthood. Now we went we went further and and what we wanted to see that how uh, the epigenetic reprogramming at the enhancer region is uh, regulating the uh, function of the promoter of the gene and and that's the data are presented in the figure two of that paper and so I was telling uh, you all about the enhancer RNA, uh, which is a non-coding RNA. Uh, and this enhancer RNA, when there is a more enhancer RNA, uh, both plus minus strand, that means that enhancer region is very active. Uh, the adolescent cell coil exposure suppresses the enhancer RNA. But the enhancer RNA level get normalized by the DCAS9P300. So when we open the chromatin at the enhancer region uh, due to the DCAS9P300, then these uh, enhancer RNA, which were suppressed by the adolescents binge drinking in adulthood, they get normalized. And also I was telling you that uh, there is a one protein NELF, which is negative elongation factor that bind to the promoter. And when it binds to the promoter, it suppress the gene expression. So during after the adolescence alcohol exposure in adulthood, the SNELP binding to the promoter is very high. But when we infuse the DCAS9 P300, what we observe that enhancer region and the enhancer RNA goes up and it binds to the NELF and it remove the NELF from the promoter and thereby the gene expression get normalized. Under observation, we observed, uh, we, uh, we found uh, in this experiment that, uh, remember, we're doing this targeted epigenomic editing at the enhancer region, which is the 7 kb above the promoter. We're not doing anything to the promoter of the gene. But when we measure the histone stylation at the promoter region, after the DCAS9 pre-300 uh, infusion uh, into the central amygdala, what we observed that histone stylation is also going up at the promoter region. So we asked question why and how this is happening. And so we use a technique called the, uh, the, uh, the uh, is, this is what the people use in the, in the field. Uh, they call the uh, 3C assay, which is the chromatin capture assay. And in this assay, what you want to know is investigate that is the enhancer region is act, interacting with the promoter of the gene through the chromatin looping. So this chromatin they they turn around and this enhancer region interact with the promoter and thereby regulate the gene expression. And that's what we observed that this in, interaction of the enhancer region with the promoter is really suppressed by the adolescent alcohol exposure. But when we did the editing uh, at the enhancer region by DCAS9 P300, uh, we promote the interaction of the enhancer with the promoter and thereby we remove the NELF from the promoter and we increase the gene expression, we suppress the anxiety and alcohol drinking behavior. So it was a very, very exciting and very, very fascinating to see 
that how a, a, a region of the gene, which is the, uh, far away from the promoter, uh, through the epigenetic remodeling, interact with the, with the promoter, uh, with the, we call the chromatin looping, and thereby regulate the gene expression. So next question we ask in this that, if this is the case, then if we take a normal animal, uh, not exposed to the alcohol at all, and, and if, if we uh, do a editing, and rather than activating the histone acetylation, if we can suppress the histone acetylation in normal animal at that locus of the gene, can we provoke the anxiety, can we promote the alcohol drinking behavior? And that's what we observed. We took the uh, a, uh, negative uh, inhibitory CRISPR, which is the DCAS9 crab. And what it does that it deposit, it increases the ESRK27 trimethylation, which is a repressive mark of the uh, epigenetic. So what we did that we same way, we first uh, construct this, uh, uh, the virus and uh, DCAS9 crab, and then uh, guided RNA for the enhancer region of the ARC. Uh, we packed them together in lentivirus and first tested in the uh, PC12 cells. And we found that in PC12 cells, this DCAS9 crab suppresses the ARC expression because of the increased ESRK27 trimethylation. It does not have any effect on the off target, uh, the uh, gene target. And, and therefore, then we took that construct of the lentivirus and we infuse in the central nucleus of amygdala of the control animal, alcohol naive animal. They are not exposed to the alcohol. And, and these are the adult rats. And what we observed that after two weeks, uh, these uh, rats, they saw high anxiety like behavior, very much similar to the adolescence alcohol exposed animal. And also these animals, they drink heavily. They drink a lot more. Uh, compared to the control animal. And their drinking is uh, uh, like very much similar to like adolescence alcohol exposure, uh, uh, the induced drinking behavior. So we mimic the phenotype of adolescence alcohol exposed, uh, exposure in normal animal after uh, depositing more repressive mark of the epigenetic, which is the S3K27 trimethylation at the enhancer region of the of the ARC gene and suppresses the ARC expression. We do not see any effect on the sucrose drinking behavior, which was used as a control. And, and again, we wanted to know whether the uh, condensed chromatin architecture at the enhancer region due to the increased histone stylation, SDK27 trimethylation, is there is a decrease enhancer uh, RNA. And so we observed that when we have the condensed chromatin at the enhancer region, share side, we have decreased enhancer RNA. And when we have decreased enhancer RNA, then we have uh, uh, more NELF binding. Uh, the protein I was telling you all that, the negative elongation factor, which bind to the promoter of the gene. Uh, so what we observe that uh, the NELF binding at the promoter is more, and therefore the arc expression is, is a shutdown. Because of the decreased histone, uh, 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 the acetylation and increased histone methylation, S3K27, 
at the enhancer region of the arc gene uh, there is no chromatin looping is occurring uh, we do not observe any interaction of the enhancer with the with the promoter and and one of the reason is that because enhancer rna is is suppressed uh, level is suppressed and looks like also there is no chromatin looping is occurring so to sum up uh, this whole study uh, which uh, uh, came in the science advances in the month of may that adolescent alcohol exposure uh, causes the epigenetic reprogramming and it it in such a way uh, that chromatin get in condensed chromatin architecture uh, due to the increased histone acetylation and due to the decreased histone acetylation and increased uh, histone SDK27 trimethylation which is the repressive mark and as a result uh, there are uh, uh, the suppression of the enhancer RNA and enhancer and promoter they may not interacting and and the NELF is bind more to the promoter and is and, and decreases the arc expression uh, and provoke the anxiety and alcohol drinking behavior if we use the dcas9 uh, p300 and functionally increase the histone acetylation at the uh, enhancer region of the gene uh, uh, we see uh, there is a chromatin form the chromatin looping is occurring enhancer region interact with the promoter and and also there is a more enhancer rna and it, it removed the NELF from the promoter and there is a more uh, arc expression uh, arc expression is get normalized uh, which was suppressed by the adolescent alcohol exposure and therefore the uh, the phenotype of anxiety and alcohol drinking behavior is is attenuated uh, we can really mimic the these responses by using the inhibitory CRISPR. Uh, that means that we uh, increases the repressive mark SVK37 trimethylation at the at the enhancer region of the gene and and therefore uh, we shut down the gene expression and then animal they become anxious and they consume uh, more alcohol so that was the that was the uh, the overall uh, discovery uh, uh, for this paper and 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 this is the for the first time demonstrated uh, that a targeted epigenomic editing which is a functional epigenetic editing uh, uh, the, that really uh, the normalizes the uh, suppression of the gene expression and also attenuated uh, the anxiety and alcohol drinking behavior so a lot of people really contributed to this work uh, is a teamwork and, and various expertise and creating the CRISPR tool uh, and the animal model and then conducting the research in the human postmortem brain and also the fundings from the NIH and, and, and from the uh, uh, other funding agency uh, is really uh, help us to carry out this important study uh, for the field. And with that, I will stop and thank you all very much. And I'll take questions and maybe we can start the discussion on this work. Thank you all so much. Oh, thank you, Professor. Um, this was an amazing talk and uh, congratulations for this um, really thorough work um, that um, helps us understand so much about um, the this mechanisms of um, alcohol use disorder so yeah we really appreciate it and um, I wanted to ask uh, maybe in the future 
Um, are you maybe planning to check if with the CRISPR treatment, basically, or do you do you see a transgenerational effect of alcohol use disorder, um, like exposure, um, that basically the next generation are um, have a higher vulnerability and maybe also changes in arc and would the treatment in the parents that had that uh, were kind of um, exposed to alcohol during development um, would they also maybe be protected like would this treatment maybe protect future generations also very very nice question and i think that's where the future is uh, uh first thing is that uh, how the epigenomic editing can bring to the human population uh, i think a lot of work need to be done and need to be evaluated uh, about the uh, how these viruses and whether the lentivirus is stable or the, maybe we have to focus on the adenoviruses. So uh, I think the field is uh, progressing very well and for some other disease. Uh, so there is a hope that uh, uh, maybe one day uh, if this comes into the human and, and, and maybe we can able to correct the deficit induced by the adolescent drinking. Your first question was that whether there's a transgenerational effect of this. Uh, yes, there are a lot of history going on in the field uh, where they have done with the prenatal alcohol exposure, uh, which has uh, uh, impact on the babies and, and particularly on the DNA methylation and of certain genes. And, and those genes are uh, the hypermethylated state of the gene is going from generation one to generation two to generation three. Uh, so I think these uh, epigenetic modifications are, uh, some of the modifications are going from one generation to other, other generation. And, and it appears that uh, uh, they play very important role in regulating the behavioral phenotype. So I think this area is really, of medicine is very, very fascinating and a lot more work need to be done, uh, but at least, uh, we now understanding that uh, I mean, ten year back, uh, uh, twelve year back, uh, this epigenome was a very hot area in the cancer field. Uh, but now, in the neuroscience and particularly understanding the brain disease, uh, now it's developing very nicely. And we know now uh, that uh, uh, in in this case, like alcohol uh, drinking, uh, really causes some long lasting impact on the epigenome, and also. Uh, not our work, but uh, other scientists in the field uh, very nicely, very nicely demonstrated that uh, some of the epigenetic changes which occur due to the prenatal expo exposure, uh, particularly in the fetal alcohol spectrum disorder (FSD) area, uh, there is a, a transgenerational impact, and and some of the modifications are going from uh, next generation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Joyce, please go ahead. Okay. Um, I was wondering, as I understand it, alcohol consumption causes increased intestinal permeability, which then causes the ability for more microbes to cross and would change the gut flora and so on. Do you think that this might have something to do with the epigenetic effects and, the, and um, even the inheritable? I mean, if if the microbiome has changed, um, 
you know, the child grows up in an environment with a different microbiome in the house, which they acquire or they acquire through their, you know, close contact with the parent or even when they're going through the um, vaginal um, canal in being born. Thanks, I'm done. Yeah, I think uh, the, the very, very nice question. And I think this microbiome area uh, is, is really very fascinating area. And we know that uh, uh, the alcohol drinking card, the gut to leak, you know. So uh, definitely, I think uh, the microbiome do get impacted by the alcohol drinking. And, and, and of course, that, that may lead to the epigenetic changes. The question is that uh, how much is is microbiome mediated changes are uh, occurring directly into the brain. Uh, but one of the system neuroimmune system, uh, which really impacted both in periphery as well as in the brain, uh, it appears to be uh, related to microbiome as well as the epigenetic changes. So I mean, it's very hard to tell that what really causing or mediating. But if we know at least some abnormality on some genomic locus, and if you try to correct that and, and then see phenotype is get attenuated, I think that's what the, uh, the target is right now. Uh, there may be multiple, fun, multiple factors uh, which may be uh, induced by the alcohol drinking and, and and they may lead to the biological changes. Uh, but of course, the microbiome is one of the uh, very emerging field. And, and I think we will know a lot more in the future. And currently, a uh, lot of investigators, they are working in that area. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Ashkash, did you have a question? I hope I'm saying your name right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't have it much actually. Thank you, Dr. Pandey, for the nice talk. Thank you very much. Thanks, Akas. Thank you. Uh, Fatih, uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. Um, do you have a question? Um, maybe he's away from the phone right now. Suraf and Dr. Olu, please. Um, go ahead if you have a question. Oh, no, uh, I'm actually Andy. here. Thank you. Um, so, um, I was just right. trying to Please figure out the... Oh, no, no. Uh, sorry, if you want to go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. I'll, I'll take the next. I'll... Uh, I, I know. It was it was a very informative talk um, and, and discussion. I mean, I the, there was some technicality that I couldn't understand, but absolutely yeah, it was a very right. informative um, uh, topic, Dr. Pandey. And um, I actually... Um, I'm curious um, if you, um, if your studies have anything to do with paranoid schizophrenia um, um, psychologically, and 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 if there was any work done to it. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it was it was really good. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No, thanks, Aurab. I think yeah, yeah. I think my group here uh, here at Department of Psychiatry in in uh, in the neuroscience group, uh, we have done a lot of work in the schizophrenia also. And, and, and what we observed that uh, uh, the same kind of epigenetic modifications uh, uh, do occur also in schizophrenia too, you know. 
So there are studies being done in the depression field, in schizophrenia, in bipolar, substance use and alcohol use disorder. Uh, uh, the basic fundamental question is that these brain disease, they have abnormal epigenetic reprogramming. The question is that what kind of gene network pathway they get affected? Is there is a common pathway again getting affected in all these brain diseases? Are uh, certain network pathways very specific to the certain uh, brain disorder, you know. But fundamentally, what we are seeing that uh, this DNA methylation, histone modifications, uh, they are occurring across the various brain diseases, uh, whether it is the schizophrenia, depression, bipolar, or addictive behavior. Great. Thank you, Dr. Pandey. Thanks. Dr. Pandey, this is Saurav. Uh, first of all, thank you. It is uh, hugely, I mean, uh, pe for people who may not be directly in, in, into the research, for them it's going to be a lot to grasp, but it's it's brilliant piece of, uh, you know, uh, enlightenment that you took us through, and thank you for that. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of work happening in the future too, and we'll, we'll hear more about it, and, and, and we'll be reaching towards uh, uh, better and faster cure to these uh, ailments. Uh, saying that, I just wanted to kind of, uh, just curious about to figuring out whether uh, anything to do with ethnicity has any impact to this because uh, there are some, you know, studies which says uh, alcoholic ability to, you know, uh, kind of adhere or manage alcohol there are some races or some ethnicity has a better one than the others. So, I mean, is there any link to this? I'm just, I, I, it's it's completely an outside question, but I thought I'll just park it here. No, I think it's a very, very, uh, very nice question. And I think uh, uh, one thing is uh, very important when we talk the gene and environmental uh, environment, uh, I think uh, that's where the epigenome comes and play a very important role. Uh, and simple example I can give to you that uh, suppose if some gene has uh, uh, the gene polymorphism uh, on certain gene and we know that that gene is really important in, in, in uh, predisposing or developing a, a disease, uh, say for example the alcohol use disorder. And there are studies indicating that that gene polymorphism in some country uh, uh, is, is really causing the, the disease like alcohol use disorder. But in other country, that polymorphism is protecting to develop the alcohol use disorder. So when that, that question, when that thing uh, comes in our mind, it definitely come that maybe the epigenetic modifications are important here, you know, because of the different environment in different countries, uh, the weather and temperature and uh, food and so many things together, maybe shaping the epigenome in different way, uh, such a way that some genetic polymorphism is not predisposing that disease. Whereas in some country or uh, uh, some ethnicity group that uh, the environment is such a way uh, that it's changing the epigenome such a way that that uh, polymorphism get active and then lead to the predisposition of the disease. So it is important and, 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 and I think uh, uh, it all depends upon our surrounding uh, and, and, and that may have impact on shaping the, our 
epigenome and thereby genome and then uh, function of the various organ of our body. So that's what I can say. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pandey. I'm done. Dr. Olu, would you like to ask your question? Uh, so I actually want to say hi if I, <laughs> I could actually go hi, downstairs. Olu, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I could go downstairs if I had specific questions, but. Um, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for encouraging me to join this group, you know. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great group, <laughs> a great, um, they have wonderful science talks, so um, I think I'm so. glad you're able to do it. Um, I do, I do have sort of a general question thinking about, um, you know, your very cool use of CRISPR and then thinking about um, possible, you know, therapeutic um, developments that can come from your work. Have you thought about, I mean, I think it's, it's probably not feasible or realistic to think about CRISPR as a treatment, but maybe have you thought about um, other types of treatments that might target um, the, the same genes that were edited? Yeah, I think that's a very good, uh, very good question, Olu. So, uh, as you know that uh, we are focusing and also we publish that. Uh, so there is a way some of the drug being used in the cancer field. Uh, so some one drug is known as Saha. This is a FDA approved drug for the treatment of uh, cutaneous lymphoma. Uh, this is the histone deestylase inhibitors. Uh, and what it does that it inhibits the uh, histone deestylase. Therefore, the style groups, they they uh, they're not removed from the histone and you increase the histone estylation and therefore you open the chromatin. Uh, so I think uh, we tested that compound in our model and and we found that the SDEC inhibitors is really able to attenuate alcohol drinking behavior and also attenuate the anxiety behavior. Uh, and and since it is FDA approved drug, I think it's a high, high potential to bring that into clinical area and, and do some small scale clinical trials on that. And the drug is the DNA methyl transferase inhibitors and that drug also has ability to open the chromatin due to the inhibition of DNA methylation. And we tested that also in our animal model and we found that DNA methylation inhibitor is also able to attenuate anxiety and, and, and alcohol drinking behavior. So pharmacologically, I think uh, uh, there are uh, the drug which really has ability to manipulate the epigenome and thereby the behavioral phenotype. Uh, and But they need to bring to the clinical uh, population in terms of maybe small scale of the clinical trial and see what dose of the drug is effective uh, because these are the cancer drug and uh, basically they're being used in the can cancer terminally ill patient and they use very high dose of the drug and there is some side effect, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of effort going on in the field that maybe manipulating those small molecule such a way uh, that they may have a specific impact on the uh, targeted uh, the enzyme and thereby we can reduce their side effect. Uh, so, so I think a lot of effort uh, is going towards developing the small molecules and, and we are also in, in going in that direction. Very cool. Thanks, Subhash. Thank you, Olu. Yeah, and thank you, uh, Dr. Olu, for always giving some nice recommendations. <laughs> we really appreciate your support. Um, and yeah, that's uh, really interesting to hear that uh, methylation inhibitors can also 
because there there are a few interesting uh, ones that are small compounds that maybe could pass the blood brain area and are less toxic than others yeah. from cancer research so that's really exciting so um also yeah. there is a, there is also uh the uh, histone acyl transferase uh, activators uh, so they are directly able to uh, increases the histone acetylation uh, that the drug compound has been developed being tested in the animal model for the learning and memory and in in neurodegenerative disease model uh, that compound activator of the hyat we call hyat histone acyl transferase activator uh, has ability to uh, correct the deficit in learning and memory so that compound also has high potential to bring uh, the cases where we using the dcas9 pre300 uh, to see that whether the hyat activator is also effective in similar way as the crispr approach for the gene only the thing is that this compound they they may have very wide effect and and not the targeted effect you know uh, so so that's where the effort has to be done that uh, if we identify a certain locus uh, which are abnormal uh, and then see whether that locus also get normalized by the uh, use of the pharmacological agent such as hyat inhibitors uh, uh, sorry the sdac inhibitors dnmt inhibitors or hyat activators thank you yes thank you and uh, victoria had the question in the chat um if you saw also in adult um differences in impulsive um behavior in the rats uh so in adult animal you mean yes uh, what mm -hmm. the question yes. okay. uh, so so we do also see the uh, the same genes also get uh impacted by the adult alcohol exposure uh and also we found that in adult also this gene regulate the anxiety and for drinking behavior uh only difference is that uh, if the exposure is done during adolescence alcohol uh, adolescence phase when the brain is undergoing neuromaturation these effect is long lasting uh whereas in adult uh these effect may be easily reversible and maybe not that long lasting as in adolescence so so there is a lot of study going on in the field uh, uh we have a consortium known as the neurobiology of adolescence drinking and adulthood uh, nadia and so that's where we doing a uh, lot of study where we try to see that uh, the changes induced by the adolescence alcohol exposure uh it appears that they are long lasting uh but to answer the question yes uh, similar change do occur with adult alcohol exposure and and it appears that both the arc as well as other gene which is the brain derived neurotrophic factors uh they they are decreased by the adult uh, adult alcohol exposure during withdrawal and we also have shown that they play an important role in regulating the development of the anxiety-like withdrawal symptoms during early alcohol exposure, uh, early withdrawal after chronic alcohol exposure. Uh, so it changes the how long those changes persist. That's where the 
it varies that. So when brain is developing, the changes, there is already epigenetic reprogramming occur and some of the reprogram epigenome, they persist. Uh, whereas in adult, maybe it's uh, not that long lasting. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And um, yeah, the, we are going for an hour. So I know um, you, you have a very busy schedule. So I want to um, thank you so much for answering all of our questions and for giving this amazing talk. And um, thank you for doing the work you're doing, uh, which will help so many people. And um, we really appreciate it. So Thank you so much. And thank you, Gabby, for helping. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And, and it, it was really my pleasure to give this talk. Thanks a lot. Yeah, wonderful. Maybe one day like, <laughs> next year or so. That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah there's a, there is a lot of uh, development going on. I'm, I'm happy to share the new development uh, in the field. That wonderful. That would be wonderful. Okay. Um, closing the room. Thank you, everyone, for coming and asking great questions. And um, um, we really appreciate it. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. And um, hear you all back soon. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Close the room in three, two, one. Bye, everyone. Thank you.